time, before we get to today's episode, we have a quick word from our sponsor. Tired of drinking out of a boring tumbler? Want to make your morning coffee cup one of a kind? Expand with tipsy tumblers. You can special order cups, shot glasses, bookmarks, rolling trays for your cigarettes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, you can get one with a picture of a special someone or one with Spider-Man. The options are endless. You can upload your own pictures or pick from her selection of design. You can use the code GAMES2023 at checkout to save 10%. You go to angeltipsytumblers.myshopify.com. There will also be a link in the show notes. Now on to our episode for today. Mike, turn your games down. Mini episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbard, and who's swinging in a Metrovania with me tonight? This is Blair Farrell from ComicBookVideoGames.com, and I love showing Electro what's what. <laughs> and this is Vincent Goodwin from the Some of My Friends Read Comics podcast, and I wish it was 2099 and not 2023. Okay, you know, I'm okay. I like that idea too, except I'm pretty sure our 2099 won't have the the futuristic that Marvel has. <laughs> I mean, it's overrun by capitalism and, you know, oh, we'll have corporations. I mean, and But they have better drugs that don't seem to have negative side effects. So that seems like probably better. I don't know. We won't have that part, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm pretty positive we will not be in that part of it, at least. So we are here to talk about a game that I barely knew existed and was told to... Well, actually, friend of calls the previous co-host of the show, Michael Hughes, had actually told me... Had originally talked to me about this years ago. Spider-Man... Shattered Dimensions for DS, <laughs> developed by Gryptonite Game, which is not the same game which came out in came out for DS, came out in 2010, is not the same game as the game for PS3, 360 in that era. It's a completely different game, completely different game. Yeah, to the point where it's missing characters, missing one character. Yeah, we're down one Spider-Man. The voice cast has been shuffled around a little. That's um, right. Who, who's in, who's in the cast? Because was it Christopher Daniel Barnes was one of the Spider-Men in the PS3? He's so in the in the main game. NPH was Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, Josh Keaton was Ultimate Spider-Man. Christopher Daniel Barnes was Spider-Man Noir. And Dan, I can't remember his last name from Spider-Man. The Amazing Friends was 2099. In this one, Josh Keaton moves to Amazing Christopher Daniel Barnes and Dan stay the same. Was Christopher Daniel Barnes, was he, I know he was Eric from Little Mermaid, that's right, and was he and Greg Brady on Brady Bunch? And he was Spider-Man the 90s 90s show, and he did um, a few guest spots on Ultimate Spider-Man as Spider-Knight and and Ultimate Electro there as well. I think it's a few others as well. Okay, cool. I remember I remember being thrown when, because I found out he was Greg Brady in the Brady Bunch movies, and I remember Ah. my my friends telling me that. And I was like, what? It was like, just picture like Peter Parker saying, like, you're a really groovy chick, Mary Jane. And I'm like, oh, that's exactly the same voice. OK, cool. <laughs> OK, but it is a voice acted game on a DS in 2010, nine. Yeah. yeah, came out the same time as the as the main version came out. This was just like because the DS was such a different system. So you got unique DS ports and like on the cover of this game, it's the same cover, except it doesn't have ultimate Spider-Man in the back corner where the regular version has 2099, Amazing, Nor, and then Ultimate. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I remember when, like, the the, the PS3 and Xbox games were coming out, they were, they were. I think, I remember reading online, and they were doing, like, a rollout of, like, what's going to be, there's going to be four Spider-Men, what's the next one? And it was, like, Noir, and I'm like, Noir, that's a fun deep cut. Like, he's only been in, like, five or ten issues of comics, period. That's cool. 
what's gonna be the last one? And then they said Ultimate Spider-Man. I'm like, eh, I mean, that's that's kind of the same. I know it's not the same as Amazing Spider-Man, but I felt disappointed by that for the PS3 360 game. So I'm okay with him getting excited. Nor is that he's not. I thought he was more common. I didn't realize he's no, no. It's only like a mini series or two, if that. At that point, yeah, because by the time Spider Verse the the comic series came out, which that's twenty back has twenty sixteen somewhere around there, he had only been in like ten issues and then like a a uh, like a lead up to issue. He'd only been like an eleven. I mean, but to be fair, like Noir has been in very little. Spider Gwen had also been like only like thirty issues before the movie. So like these, they're pretty new characters. They're not like well trodden at all. So David Hine, I think, created them. If that's correct. Does that sound right? I think I, I tried to look yeah. up the Spider Verse comic, but it didn't. It did not work out. So, well. so fun fact: um, Spider Man Shattered Dimensions, the PS3 360 game, is actually what led to Spider Verse because they either hired or consulted Dan Slott, um, who was the Spider Man writer at the time, to like you know help write with the game. And then he went back to Marvel's like, "Yo, they're doing this thing where all these multiversal Spider Men team up. Um, we should maybe put that in the comic." And then. They put it in the slot, wrote that in the comics and whatever that was. And then the movie was 2018. So this game and I guess the DS game also um, directly contributed to this to a Oscar winning movie. So you got that's that. cool. I, I actually really like Spider-Verse the comic. I want it. I've been wanting to cover it on this show for yeah years. I just haven't gotten it. I, I just don't. I think we're going to end up doing it on our podcast too. some of my friends read comics, but oh, I don't hit me up. Yeah. Could you give I me an will, excuse to cover it twice? So hit me I here. will. I will say because I, I know. Yeah, that that's kind of like the lead up to but i can always never forget in the 90s spider-man cartoon they kind of did the spider-verse yes. decades and a half before this as they had like ben riley and spider-man and armored spider-man who was kind of like tony stark and the six-armed spider-man and like an actor and that was like the kind of the big spider-verse crossover of the finale of spider-man the animated yeah. series did they meet stan lee at the end too i know I, I think might I don't know. Yeah, because they they go to the the universe of Spider Man, who's the actor, and he's like, "Oh, in my universe, I'm an actor on a show based off this comic, which is inspired by you." Mm-hmm. And then he gets to swing around with Stan Lee. <laughs> yeah, because that had the armored Spider Man too. That I think if Uncle Ben didn't die, this is the he would have turned into like an Iron Man type Spider. Yeah, he was essentially just like Tony Stark, and Gwen Stacy right. was his wife. The only time Gwen Stacy appeared in that cartoon. Yeah, that's cool. I need to read more Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this game, I remember when Shattered Dimensions came out, I really, I played it. I, I enjoyed it. I was always a big fan of the console version, but I had no interest, nothing about the DS version. And then, you know, as I said earlier, Mike had mentioned that you should play this. And I was like, you know, one day I'll get to it. Cause I was aware it was a Metrovania title, which mm-hmm. is one thing that makes it special. And, but it just was one of those things that I was like, I don't have time to play, you know, it might be too long. And then randomly on Christmas Eve, 2022 I, I had to work that night and my job is was very was i knew it was gonna be slow so what i did is i had my laptop next to me and i was just why well, i'm sitting on call waiting for stuff to happen because christmas eve i wasn't gonna call anybody <laughs> they were gonna they didn't answer me when i did so my job was to sit there and be available so and i and nothing was happening i was the only person on i just played spider-man this game all day off and on in between work it wasn't nice. much of work and i beat this game in a day <laughs> so, <laughs> That, that's what led to this being on the show, because I'm like, well, I, I know work's going to be slow because it's Christmas Eve and I'm the only one on. They're like, yeah, it's going to be dead. Just you just we just need somebody to be on the calls and take every call that comes in. I'm like, you got it. And yeah, so I, I just and then I was like, well, we should record it. If I'm going to play it, I have an issue where if I play something, I want to record about it. So that's how this happened. Yeah, I had heard about this game randomly by listening to a podcast. And one of the fans wrote in letters about like either their favorite Metroidvania or favorite Spider-Man games. I can't remember the topic. 
And they mentioned this game, and I was like, a Spider-Man Metroidvania on DS. That sounds wild. And so I bought it, like, in 2017. It was actually ended up being Chris Baker, who has, like, Superhero.VG, I think is his website. And he had a whole video on it. I'm like, this is really, this looks really intriguing. Because, you know, I mean, it's a thing, you know, where, like, one, people tend to not care about licensed games in general. They're kind of, like, a lesser-than game uh, kind of genre. Although I'm very much interested in them. And then the portable ports of said games are also like another circle of like, nobody really cares about this. Like they do, but they don't like, I mean, like I'm interested in stuff like what is the Assassin's Creed DS game? Like, or what is the James Bond DS game? Like golden IDS or something like that. But like, it's a weird circle. And then to hear like, Oh, shattered dimensions is a Metroidvania on DS that I wouldn't have given like two thoughts about like, well now suddenly I'm interested. This is actually the second instance of it too, because web of shadows was kind of the prototype it's it's not i don't think it's very good because the way the map works because the, the the map in this it fills out like a metroid game like yeah. it, even the squares but in web of shadows it's just like weird blocks and it's really hard to not navigate and it's also really hard and the only villains you fight are like super symbiotes but it's from the same developer this is probably one of the games that was a catalyst for me making comicbookvideogames.com oh because when I when Shattered Dimensions came out, I was kind of burned on licensed games a little. So I was like, ah, this seems very gimmicky. And then a year later, I came to it. And then I was researching just about because I have an idea in my brain. I was like, I'm going to make a website, I think, about superhero video games. And mm-hmm. I was just at my crappy job and I was on Wikipedia. And I just saw this article about, oh, yeah, the DS version is like this. And I was like, Wait, this is a Metro game with Spider-Man and absolutely no one's talking about it. <laughs> so someone has to do that. So that person became me for the better part of 10 years, 11 now this year. That's hilarious, though, that people weren't like championing this because like, I remember like maybe it was just a few years later, like Hotel Transylvania for 3DS is also a Metroidvania. I'm like, well, then I'm checking out Hotel Transylvania for 3DS. But then this one still somehow like left the radar. And maybe that was just it was too early. I think um, it was on when did the, when did the 3DS come out? 2011. So yeah, it was on the cusp of like the DS was red hot, and I think this is when it was starting to cool down a little. Also, mm-hmm. piracy was getting really big. Yeah. So this <laughs> is on my multi cart. Um, and a lot of the I... licensed games too, like you know, because I played. There's some really interesting Spider-Man games. Like Spider-Man Three is largely touch control based. And Ultimate Spider-Man has some really cool use of touchscreen with like Venom and Spider-Man could play completely different. Cool. But then there's also, you know, it was also weird, not great games. But so you wouldn't be remiss for kind of just like missing this as you probably just like dismiss it like a lot of people because, you know, it's like the Sega MCU games where they have four ones of varying quality and then they get it right with Captain America but by that point, you've been burned one too many times. Yeah, and they're mm-hmm. just, they just shut down. And that that Cat Bear game's great. That's from the next level, right? They make is it the team that makes Luigi's Mansion? Yes. Yeah. Captain America game made in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> the ir- ir- yeah, but at the time, like, and I must have just been not paying attention because just a few years later, because the people that Thor DS game got a lot of hotness. I remember people being like, "Ah, eh, the, the console game is yep. not too hot," but the Thor one's pretty good by way forward. I remember that. 
Yeah, the Thor, the Thor game's good. Grip Tonight has made a few good games. I haven't played many of them. Like, this was my first game I played by this developer. And I only played this because it was Metrovania, and I'm just like, well, I love Spider-Man. I And DS is one of those libraries that I've skipped completely. Like, before I played this, like, oh, I'm going to look up some reviews real quick, because I was trying to figure out what game I wanted to play. And I, w- I went and found a review from Electric Playground, and they're like, oh, it's Blair! And it was Blair on the review, on the video <laughs> review on YouTube. Yeah, it was blesses uh, Victor Lucas. I think he was like like let people do. He used to have a segment on Electric Playground called Bury Treasure, and he kind of resurrected that for his YouTube channel. And he was like, "What do you want to do?" And I was like, "This one is the ultimate buried treasure that no one's talking about." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm glad I got to do that video because I'm not that great on camera. Vic makes it look so easy. It's fine. I'm, I, I don't go on camera, so I can't really speak yeah. to how... I need to make yeah. YouTube videos, but I have not gone down that road. Yeah, I didn't go on camera either when I was on YouTube, yeah. I will be. I want to 100%. <laughs> I just haven't gone down that road, because then I, I don't want to add video editing to what my already complicated life is like, so... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe when I get paid. <laughs> if I get paid for doing this, and I might, but till then, I'm not ready. But no, this game is like, you know, it's broken up into three different Spider-Mans. You have, we said, Noir, 2099, Amazing, and the whole idea is, I think, probably the same as, I don't remember Shared to mention the main, the main console version, but Mysterio has a tablet that then ruptures the the dimensions. And the way this works is you pretty much will travel between, you know, each one has their own little map. And as you travel between the maps, you'll have different points that connect to the other Spider-Man and you'll play as the other Spider-Man. Like you'll play as Nor, but Nor doesn't have the web slinging thing at first. So he can only jump off walls. He can't climb walls. Like you have different things that each character has that they pick up on. Like Nor picks up the ability to sense things that the other ones don't pick up. And then eventually mm-hmm. they can get other abilities. Yeah, it runs yeah. into that Metroid problem where it, you kind of have to just go with it for the video gameness of it because it's like, why is there a Spider-Man? I don't think they never give like an in-universe like, oh, the the rupture caused him to like his sticking powers knocked out. It's just like, ah, uh, he just doesn't have it. Why? Because it's a video game and you kind of have to <laughs> roll with it. Like, yeah, why does twenty ninety nine only glide starting out? Yeah, and he can't do any web powers. I mean, it worked. I mean, it's kind of a basic video game like in that case that's just really go around beat up enemies and then explore this map but since you have a ds screen like it makes good use of the set of the bottom screen that you have your map all the time you can just see and it does a good mm-hmm. job like oh if you got an item here i'll show you what rooms have items and i'll show you what rooms had an item that you didn't grab so it was easy to go back i actually 100 percent of this game which i never do for this show never 100 percent of the the main map i didn't do all the extra stuff like and if you I'm not really challenge yourself too you can turn all that off like there's various option sliders where right. you can change the difficulty of the enemies. You can turn that off if you just want to like, you know, go in blinds, oh, which I appreciate a lot. I had it on easy for the combat and medium for the map where we show the map as I explored. It was showing the item, but it didn't show me the whole map from the beginning. Yeah, like I played with the map fully open from the beginning for quickness of the show. But I think that may have it made it felt less like a Metroidvania to me because I'm like, this is the map. It's just this is just a 2D platform. What are you talking about? So I don't I don't feel like it's very much of a Metroidvania, but I think maybe if I had done like progressively building the map, it may have felt more that way to me. It will. Yeah, because I, I played it that way and it, it felt like a Metroidvania to me. The only thing that was missing was it didn't have the the Vania part where I was leveling up. But that's fine. Like I you get enough yeah. health upgrades and things in this game where it, it never bothered me. Right. Yeah. And I, and I think that that's like a that's a weird component that I think sometimes when I feel like Metroidvania is when they're just like beat up enemies and you don't really level up that much. I'm like, eh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't really feel like this is this is on the thing. I need that yeah. those little numbers going up above the head like they do in the Castlevanias. I, I like that one more. Same. And you, I think you were smart for putting the combat on easy because 
Kryptonite, they did a lot of DS games for like superhero properties. Like they did one for X-Men Origins, Captain America, Iron Man 2, and and the original Web of Shadows. And something I like towards the end of this, because I will call it the Kryptonite bullshit. <laughs> um, because in those games and all the other ones, they just lock you in rooms and they just throw enemies at you and uh-huh. it goes on forever. And right. this doesn't really have that until the very ends when they like feel the need, like it's their trademark, which is a terrible trademark to have. <laughs> like the the end section with Mysterio, I was miserable because I just forgot how bad it was. But like from the start, for the most of it, so it's like, oh yeah, there's enemies here and you can fight them if you want. But I actually like not having a grind. I can just kind of move about and just like fight them if I want to. But otherwise, I can just swing around. Yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely. I think that though, when I can swing around and I don't have to engage in combat, I'm like, well, what's the point of these guys here? Because <laughs> you know, like, I just skip them. And I do that a lot in the Zelda games too. I just run by, like, oh, this is not going to help me at all. So I just run by. I, I fought most people at first, but then, it, like, the same with you, the game progressed after a while. I just, especially in the in the last part of the game that Blair's talking about, I skipped everybody I could. Right, except for that one room that, like, trapped me in there with them. Yeah, um, when they made me fight. But, I mean, I never the, got bored of the combat as much many, as didn't, yeah. I didn't at all in this game, which is weird for me in a game where I'm not getting anything for it because I'm not getting experience. I never got bored fighting. This this is a surprisingly good Spider-Man combat. Um, and Blair, and I know you wrote a book on Spider-Man com- uh, in video games, so you probably could elucidate it more. Of this, but this one, like, it has juggling. It has like powers where you like can throw them up in the air and then press the A button and then you'll bring the web to you and then slam them to the ground, kind of like the PS4 game. Like, there's a lot to do with Spider-Man because all I want in combat is to look cool. And I feel like this feels and looks cool. I guess my baseline is Spider-Man 2 for the original Game Boy, which is terrible. <laughs> also has Mysterio as the bad guy. And so this one just felt really good. The combat feels it feels fun. I like like disarming opponents and throwing their guns back at them. It's it's <laughs> a cool combat system for uh, for a, a 2D game. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. love the boomerang twenty ninety or the boomerang noir boss fight where you kind of have to like catch him and mm-hmm. throw back at him. Yeah, nice. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, you also get a lot of different abilities. Like, because as me as I was exploring the whole map, I found a lot of cool abilities that help with combat that he would get. Like, I had an ability where when I would grab their gun, I think their gun would blow up when I threw it back at him. Or am I thinking of the mm-hmm. wrong game? Can't. I played um, a lot. I played another Spider-Man game because I played this, which I shouldn't have. Some of them had explosives. Okay. Like, I enjoyed it. Like, I thought it was cool exploring it, and you get the different. And it does a decent Metrovania job of giving you a new ability. Okay, now go back and use this ability. Right. You know, it wasn't... There were a couple parts where I got really confused, and I had to look online what to do. But... And there's not very many videos, by the way, of this game. <laughs> so no. there's not a lot of content if you're trying to figure out what to do. Like, there's, like, one one Let's Play video I found that game that told me what to do because he 100 percented it in the Let's Play. But there's not much. Yeah, think, there was uh, one guy I got real scared of because I followed his long play and was like, oh, because I could not figure out how to get some on some jump. And it was like, oh, you got to use Amazing Spider-Man to glide. And I'm like, yes, I got oh, stuck. I don't too. I don't have the glide. I, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I, and I'm, I'm not going to redo this. I'm not, I don't do I have to backpedal or backtrack. And then I just figured out somehow I got I was able to jump across the thing. So. Oh, that's you, you're talking about the end with Mysterio. There's some part in Mysterio's world near the end where yeah. it's like a jump that's really weird and hard. And like all the the long play video I had, he's like, I just gl- glided over it. And I'm like, yeah, I just jumped over it somehow. Oh, I don't know how. That's impressive because I, I actually I got to that point. I got stuck. I looked up a video. I saw him glide. So I 
I had to run all the way out of Mysterials World, backtrack to Amazing, and there was one portal I just, one upgrade I just didn't go for because it used that stupid running move I didn't like. Yep. And I went and got it, and that's when yeah. you get to climb. That's what I was going to say. One thing, because this game wears its Metroid influence on its sleeve. <laughs> and even you get a move that is the speed boost from Metroid. <laughs> and yes. one of the, for this playthrough, I didn't get all the things. I have all of them are amazing, and I didn't do in 2099, because I know there's a really hard chain you have to do you want me to, i can describe it to you where you have to run up a wall and then hit a to kind of use your web line to move around the corner and but there's a puzzle in mysterio's level where you have to do this and i was beating my brains at it for forever just trying mm-hmm. to get like the right jump at the right angle and that was the only time i really beat my head against the wall and a little bit more mysterio but that's because i didn't go back to noir and kind of get all the power-ups but that's just Okay. Me kind of rushing through it for the show. <laughs> I know the feeling. No, I had no. Did you play it on easy too, or did you play on normal for the? I think combat? I played on normal. Okay. And I just did everything in amazing, and then I wasn't having that much trouble, so I was like, ah, eh, there's a bunch of stuff in noir because I've I finished this before. Like I yeah. reviewed it for my site. I had to play it again for the book. So I, and I was just like, okay, I'm also kind of playing Sonic Frontiers and a few other things. <laughs> I just like <laughs> kind of wanted to fly through it but then i got the mysterio and then i just got my butt handed to me because that's because i just didn't get the extra health and defense power-ups but like i mean most of them aren't that hard to find except for that one in 2099 yeah that one is okay so you're what you have to do is you have to speed run you run up a wall run across the ceiling then you have to do that like jumping you talk about you have to do like three times around three different corners to keep speed and not lose it so then you can get one upgrade it's fucking ridiculous yeah and i I think you need to get so much momentum to even keep the get the speed upgrade started that's what that's what's like it's like i mean i could read if you send me the back of this i could try it again it's like 15 second lead up to get that fast it's probably only five to ten but but i don't like that part of redoing that part and like running all the way back to start over and that's what demoralized me from i I stayed in uh-huh. when, I, when I finally did it, I save stated in certain spots so I could just keep trying, keep trying to parts I messed up on and not have yeah. to do that. And that's how that I did sense. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. It's, it's it's completely optional. So like, you know, it's not it does not a, it's not against the game, but it is like if you're going, I was just going for 100 percent for some weird reason. It, mm-hmm. it was really fucking hard. I played this on my launch 3DS and like by Monday night when I turned it off, I was like, my arm kind of hurts and why mm-hmm. I really like wide <laughs> handhelds like the switch now. Right. I gotta play this on a PC, so. Yeah, I played it. I, I had this on DS. I had the cartridge. I also have it, like, on an R4 multi-cart kind of thing. And then I also have it, and then I just was playing it on my phone because I wanted to try it with the, one of those backbone controllers that goes around the phone. That looked um, cool. It was fun. It was nice to play that way. So I also have it the same way you did it, where I have the sc- the map screen on the right side and the, and the left yeah. side is the, is the screen because I find that easier for DS games when I play on my computer. Because I, seen- I don't have many. I've seen those folding phones that apparently have good DS emulation now. <laughs> That's the reason I want screen. one. I know. It's kind of the only reason I want one, too. I mean, I, well, I, mean, I, I, I remember I made a comment to my wife, but I was like, I kind of want to buy just to emulate DS. She's like, you're going to spend $800 on a phone to emulate DS. And I'm like, yes. No, but I want to. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would also need to hook a controller up to it, too. So I'd, have to I'd have to do a whole bunch of stuff. It'd be like just a DS, it'd just be just a DS emulator. Like, I know, right? So no, I, I can't. Get I'm sure they could make a flip grip for a phone for DS emulation because the Androids have pretty good DS emulation now. Oh, yeah. Androids are great for emulation. 
I just I can't get over that. This is what inspired Spider Verse. Like I also can't get over how Noir Spider Man was that little of a of a character before this game. Yeah, well, and and that's the funny thing is like comics wasn't really doing anything with them, but like other mediums like video games and movies, were like yes, one hundred percent, we get this concept. Throw him in, he will be great. And he's also good as like depowered because he doesn't. I don't think in the comics he has all the powers. No, I can't remember if he has. I don't think he has webs. That's he does yeah, it's like a gun or something. It might it's be gone. that because he he fl- if you watch the Spider Verse movie, he flies different than other people. And similarly, like Miles Morales doesn't create his own webs. He has to get them from a, another universe's Peter to be able to use webs. Um, <laughs> and that's in comics, too. Like, I don't think he never had webs for the first like 15 issues until he met Peter Parker from another universe. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I thought Aunt May gave it to him. In the movie, yeah, she did. I guess it was the same Peter. uh, I think he got him in Spider-Man, is what I think, when 616 Peter met him. I never read any miles. I I read all those comics, but it's it's been a hot minute. (laughs) No, I mean, I think this game does a good job of of having you explore and learn and enjoy it, and it in especially in the beginning part of the game, or for most part of the game, until you're just hundred percenting it. It does a good job of switching up the Spider-Man. So you go from having one character, then you go to another, then you switch back at a decent pace where you don't. I, I never got bored of this game. Yeah. So even in the end, I wasn't really I wasn't bored. I was having a really good time mm-hmm. with this game. I have a question, though, in terms of like the Metroidvania aspects of it. Are Noir 2099 and Amazing Spider-Man all going through the same area in different mm-hmm. time periods? Or are they completely different worlds? It's in it's hard because it's. Because I think in the opening narration, like Madam Web says, a future that may not come to pass. Because in because in Shattered Dimensions, it's kind of like different universes. But then a year later, there was Edge of Time, where mm-hmm. the timelines were linked because things you did in the past affected the future. Right? Oh yeah. So it's kind of hard to say. Yeah, because because that's what I was trying to think of. Like, was it like you know, um, like Link to the Past, where the Dark World and the Light World are kind of similar but slightly different? Or like Eternal Darkness, where you're going through the same like underground tomb, but in 1914 versus 1970 versus 1080 or something. It's the same like layout, but like it's been overgrown or turned into a factory. I couldn't tell if it was the same world. I don't think it is. I don't there is, think it there is. is. There is an Edge of Time game for DS that kind of does that. Mm-hmm. It was actually, I think, developed either in this province where I live in Newfoundland or Prince Edward Islands. It's not very good. Um, but it has more bosses than a edge of time. It's just, it, again, it's like web of shadows. It just has a very confusing map. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, have I, the 3DS. Sorry. I have the 3DS edge of time, which is in 3d. It's not. literally just a console game. It's shocking. It really? Yeah. That's because that's, they did. We down because shattered dimensions and edge of time on. Wii were just, I think graphical downgrades is like, for the Wii, they would often do a different game, but I guess mm-hmm. they just did a, yeah. a port down of the Wii version for the 3DS. That's crazy. That's insane. Oh, and, and that, I, I, that one only has 2099 in Amazing Spider-Man. They, they yes, have, yeah. and that's why I got so much hate. And like, I actually have never played it. I own it on 360 and PS3, I think. But it's, because of all the, the the hate it got, I never actually got around to really playing it. I tried it once and didn't stick with it. And I, I really, I love 2099 Spider-Man, so I, I need to get back to it. Yes, I think 2099 in this game and Shattered Dimensions are not a good representation of 2099. Mm-hmm. But he's not like a wisecracking Spider-Man. And in Edge of Time, he's a no-nonsense 
Spider-Man and he's great. And they kind of switched their voices there where Christopher Daniel Burns is Miguel and he's fantastic. Edge of Time is it's repetitive, but it has a really great story. Okay. I I might the only reason I haven't put these on the show is because they're hard to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. You can't buy them on PC. Yeah. And you can't really emulate 360. I mean, you can, but most people I know aren't going to be able to emulate 360 or me. Yeah. I mean, I can play it on my 360, but that that's a whole. I just don't like ask people. That's the reason I haven't done it. I don't want to play on 360. So yeah, and that. then yeah, because licensed games are taken off of digital storefronts often, and then mm-hmm. and then because of that, the retail versions get a little more expensive. So they're yeah, they're and hard then, to acquire these days. Yeah, oh, yeah and all the Spider-Man funny. games are tough <laughs> to find. Because once upon a time, it was they were produced so many of these that they would be dirt cheap. Like you right. buy like Iron Man and Shattered Dimensions for like ten, fifteen dollars at did. GameStop. And right. now, because they're out of print and Marvel is so huge and people are wanting to go back to these games. Like, I um, I had a spare copy of Shattered Dimensions. I had it on PS3 and I gave it to my friend Diego because the PS3 version was like $100. And I was like, That's this insane. is insane. This is a game they couldn't give away once upon a time. Uh-huh. <laughs> but hey, but <laughs> supply and demand, when you make something no longer accessible, hey, people want to pay for it. Yeah, I guess. Uh-huh. And, it's, yeah, it's, and, and, and then people get ahead of it, like, oh, they're going to definitely do this. So, like, Ninja Turtles by Platinum for PS4 is, like, expensive as a result. Oh, I have that game. I think it's expensive. I, might, I wouldn't I mean, be surprised. Any game that's over $30 is expensive to me. To me, so. yes. I'm the same way. I'm a cheap <laughs> bastard, so. No, I, that's one reason, like, I, I don't like licensed games. I mean, there's some really great, like, this is an example of a great little licensed game that, you know, people don't know about. I mean, it's not something that, I mean, I only knew about it because of Mike, and I've never, I would have never played this, but... The only reason why this is on the show, because I knew Blair. I'm like, I know Blair will talk about this with me. So I, <laughs> that's how this started. <laughs> but no, it's, I mean, I, it's a, you know, 29.9, the Norse stuff. I think it's all good. I, I want to talk about the bosses because I'm a, I'm a big Spider-Man fan of like not enough to read comics, but I'm a fan of like the cartoons and the movies and, you know, stuff like that. And I, I enjoyed like seeing the other versions of characters I know in this, like in the game starts out, you have Mysterio in Amazing, and then you go on to fight Boomerang and Nor, which. I was just funny because Boomerang is a character you don't even really like nobody even talks about in general. And all of a sudden, here's a Nor version of him. I'm like, OK, that's that's kind of cool. See, Boomerang is great because he is the leader of the superior foes of Spider-Man, which is one of the greatest comics I've ever read. <laughs> what I love about this is that like, not only is the voice cast shuffled around, but all the bosses of this are completely unique yeah. to this version, because in the console game, it was uh, Electro Ultimate, and now it's just Amazing Electro. And then I love they have Silvermane in the 2099 universe, but it's actually just Silvermane from the Amazing Universe because he's just in a robot body and he just lived that long, which I thought was a really great touch. I don't even know who Silvermane even is. He's a gangster he's... in a robot body. Oh, OK. <laughs> did you did you play Spider-Man, the new Insomniac Spider-Man? Yes, but I never played the DLC, and it's been okay. a little while. Because they kind of do that with Hammerhead, and he looks like Walt Disney from Robot Chicken. It's so ridiculous, where that should have been Silvermane. But yeah, it's like Silvermane is... He was on the cartoon, but he became... He's in the 90s cartoon, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm getting, but he, my... he never became a robot. <laughs> I, need yes. to, I need to play... Because um, before we... After I played this game, but before we recorded this episode, I beat Spider-Man Miles Morales too. But I really need to do the DLC of the Amazing Spider-Man game. I have it. I just never played it. It's not that great. <laughs> okay. I, and they double down on Screwball, which is not... Mm-hmm. That makes it even worse. One day I'll play them all. I, I, I really enjoy Miles Morales, though. Yeah, it's it's worth playing. Just put your expectations in check. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
There won't be any expectations, so I'll be okay. It'll just be, I want to play more Spider-Man. <laughs> this game really got me in the mood for more Spider-Man, too. Like, this game really did that, which is not something that happens to me all the time. Yeah, I mean, after playing this, I was like, man, I want to go play that PS2 Ultimate Spider-Man game I never played. That's a good game. Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. a lot of, there were so many Activision Spider-Man games. They were, like, <laughs> annual. that like I, I kind of, like, lost track of them by this point. Yeah, and hey, guess what? They're all expensive now. Yeah, there was there was one every year except for 2003 and 2009. There was at least one. Wow. I, I miss that. I miss stuff. I mean, even though a lot of those games are bad, they're fun to like. I just like I remember being so excited when the Marvel movies are coming out. Like, oh, I can't wait to play more Marvel games. Like, you know, just because I enjoyed those. Like the fact that they had like I enjoyed Iron Man one. I enjoyed Captain America. And then they were just gone. I was like, ah, oh, damn it. I wanted Avengers one or other other stuff that could have came down the road. But. The licensed games really have to stop because games are too expensive. Yeah, I get it. Like this game, I hope wasn't too expensive to make because. But see, now we have fewer, but the quality is well. Gotham Knights notwithstanding, because I didn't really <laughs> care Gotham that. Knights. Yeah, I, I should stop bragging on Gotham. Oh, Knights. you're fine. I, I think it's funny. But yeah, like Marvel in the past couple of years, you've had Spider-Man, the uh, Miles Morales, Ultimate Alliance three. Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, Midnight Suns. Like, when the weakest link is Marvel's Avengers, and even that is okay to an extent, we're eating pretty well right now. And then you have Spider-Man 2 around the corner, and Wolverine, and who knows what else. Oh, Captain America and Black Panther, and Wonder Iron Woman. Man from EA, noted from the producer of Guardians of the Galaxy. Then, I mean, we're this is crazy. <laughs> Oh, one of the other bosses in this game that I did not recognize at all. I didn't know Silverman either, but isn't like Voodoo one of the bosses in Noir or something? Calypso. Calypso. I don't know who Calypso is. I know, I know her mostly from the cartoon where she was linked with Craven the Hunter, but I think she has a different story in the comics. Okay, but it was cool to have character. Like, I mean, I found it interesting that to hear this, you know, this game had random bosses that I didn't even know the characters. I'm like, that's impressive to me as a guy who. You know, I'm not a big comic book guy, but I read comics. I play Marvel Snap way too much. Um, so, like, yeah. just, uh, you know, I, I'm in that ecosystem enough that I know who characters are. Even if I don't read comics, I still am aware of most characters. And it's a character I was not aware of at all. I'm like, okay, that's impressive. Like, you had a you random ass character in this game that I don't even know who the hell they are. Yeah. And I don't even know how much she's, like, even in. I'm looking her up now just to see where <laughs> she where she appeared. She, she was created for Shattered Dimensions because uh, oh. this version of it. Like, I mean, she Calypso existed, you know. She, well, I know. Yeah, the noir stuff, I know that. Like, there's not enough of it. Like, they, they had to make But that's what's fun about it. And that's what I think the noir universe, like, hinted at. Was, like, we're going to give you all these, like, at this way, I like multiverses. Like, we're going to give you all these classic characters, but then they're going to be in, like, a 30s pulp, the shadow kind of form. So she was a fun character because they did have, like, a lot of those type of styles of 30s, had a lot of styles of, like, those kind of characters. And, like, Boomerang, Boomerang almost has, like, a Confederate hat. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. <laughs> and I, I kind of noticed I, I, I didn't have the sound of very high. They got Jennifer Hale for Noir Calypso. Like they paid Jennifer Hale for like three lines. <laughs> like that's insane. <laughs> I wonder if they're just reusing lines from the other version of the game. But but Calypso wasn't in the other version. She wasn't. Oh my gosh! Okay. No, the other version is Carnage, Sandman, Craven. I don't even remember who else is in it. But so an amazing it was. Craven, Craven, Sandman, Juggernaut, Juggernaut, Ultimate was Electro, Deadpool, Deadpool and Carnage. Noir was Hammerhead, Vulture, and Green Goblin. 
and 2099 was Scorpion, Hobgoblin, and I can't remember the last one. No, that's okay. Because Hobgoblin 2099 was a new creation. Oh, that's oh, cool. Really? Yeah, well, it's actually just ended up somehow in the season for June, by the way. So Shattered Dimension. So if you want to collect about that one, we'll be doing that now. Because I want to cover <laughs> it now. So, but the other thing about this game, like you fight the Tinkerer as the one of the main Spider-Man bosses. And I found that funny. I'm like, really? The Tinkerer? A guy that like I don't even didn't even know of, really? Like I knew of him, I think. And then I also played Miles Morales like the day after I beat yeah. this. And I'm like, ah, two games I played the Tinkerer. That's that's interesting. Yeah, He's Tinker is also in uh, Homecoming, uh, the first Tom Holland movie. Is one of Michael Keaton's just guys that like works on his systems and stuff. Oh yeah, that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's also in the background of the Super Nintendo game based on the animated series. Oh, really? He's just kind of in the background, and you walk by, and he's kind of looking at you. And it's Doc Ock twenty ninety nine was the last one for Shattered Dimensions. Okay. Who else do you fight in this game? Oh, you fight Vulture in twenty ninety nine in this game, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, he's in the comics. Yeah. Okay. I, I like I like Vulture. Just mm-hmm. not the I don't like the regular version. Amazing, but I like other versions of Vulture. Who else did you fight in this game? Am I missing any bosses in this it, game? It, when now that you're going through it, like there's not a lot of what I would think of classic Spider-Man villains in here. Was no. there a Goblin? I don't think so. No, there's no Goblin. Which no. I'm I'm 100 okay with that. Much as I say, like I said this on Batman before, I'm tired of the Joker with Batman. I'm kind of tired of the Goblin with Spider-Man. Like. He has so many other villains, use other villains sometimes. Like, See, I get it, but... You say that, but there's not... There's shockingly little games where Green Goblin is the villain. Uh-huh. I actually did an article about it, like... Because uh, in the 90s, Green Goblin was out of the picture, so he wasn't in many games oh, okay. except for the import one. Never mind, um, then. Maybe I'm just... I'm thinking of the movies more, but not that many movies. I don't know what I'm talking about, then. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. You think of him as, like, the, the big villain, but, like... Basically, for Spider-Man comics, he was off the table after like 72 or three after Norman Osborn died. Issue like 123, I think. When Gwen Stacy died, he died. Um, oh. And then and then Hobgoblin was around in the 80s. And that's why Hobgoblin was more focused in the 90s cartoon. Yeah. And then Harry, came, Harry uh, his son, became the Green Goblin, I think, in the 80s and late, late 80s, early 90s, maybe earlier. And then he died also. And then they had to bring back something big for the Clone Saga in 97. And that's when Norman Osborn came back from the dead. But other than that, like Green Goblin was pretty much off the table for 25 years. Oh, uh, OK. Never mind what I'm saying then. OK. And then, I mean, he's not in the PS4 game. Uh, they hinted Norman Osborn. Norman Osborn is like the mayor. Yeah, he's going to be in the sequel, though, for sure. I, right? I think they're building him up for either this one or because the, the way one? I think the trajectory is going to be, he's going to be the end, the final guy in three or they're going to go superior, which I would be happy with either way. The PS4 game hinted at Venom, too, didn't it? Oh, it's Venom is in the sequel. And Miles Morales, Tony Todd. Oh, nice. Candyman? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's 100%. The next the game. Oh, Candyman is playing Venom? I'm going to have to tell my wife. Flip and love that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just really like, okay, any other bosses we missed in this game besides Mysterio you fight? Uh, yeah, Mysterio, I think, is the only one we haven't talked about. I actually love how much. So this wears its Castlevania Metroid's like love so much on his sleeve that Mysterio almost functions like a Dracula fight where he's like teleporting around the screen. I was like, this is essentially Dracula. And that actually gave me a little bit of trouble. Well, for this playthrough, because I didn't power up, but like the arena is too big. So he would teleport off screen and just hit me with some energy ball because I just couldn't see it coming. And that was a pain in the butt. I know there's like a dodge maneuver, but like I didn't really, really have to use it that much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I dodge sometimes. Yeah, I 
I just I just went fast and I was playing friendly. So he was he, was, <laughs> he did give me the most. Trouble. I think he's the only character I died, only boss I died on. So he was in that way. But to your point, like this game is also like the level. The, it, it, it runs into the problem sometimes I have with 2D platforms where the world is too big sometimes and I'm making a lot of like blind jumps. And Mike, I know I think you noted this game has an escape sequence. Yeah, like, like Metroid. And that game, I also died there. That's the only other time I, died I died a few times. That was hard. Yeah. I, I escaped with 10 seconds left, and I felt like I was really cruising. But, like, I went down, like, the wrong direction or something and just got lost. And that's the one place you don't have a map. And I um, used save states, and I still had a hard time. And I was right. like, okay, I did this part perfectly. All right, save. And I, I still, like, the first time I fucked up, the second time I think I got it, or the third time. But, yeah, I fucked up bad the first time. Yeah. It was, they did not give you enough. They did not give you a lot of time. No. Compared to Metroids and stuff now. And, and also not clear as to where you're going, because it looked like you had, like, two different ways you could go. Yeah. Um, it, it, was, it didn't funnel you right. I did. I just thought it was just hilarious that the game ends like a Metroid and has, a, has an escape sequence, like, Met, like every Metroid game. I also played this not that long after I played Metroid Dreads. I thought that was funny, too, for me, yeah. personally. No, I mean, just it was just a very... It's just... It's such an interesting game, and it, it makes me sad that it's completely locked away in licensing and on the DS. And it, it makes me sad that more people won't experience this game. And I'm hoping that people listen to this episode and be like, okay, like, hey, there's ways to emulate DS, like, they're never going to re-release this game, so if you don't want to go buy a cartridge, go, you know, play it, yeah. find a different way to play yes. it. So Jeff Bezos sold me a 200-and-something one cartridge. There's a lot of them on Jeff Bezos' website that you can buy, <laughs> and most of them have this game. Um, So you can just acquire it that way and play it on original hardware. It works great. Me and my and, son did that. And that's what I, like, I, not so much the Wii era, but I really miss Nintendo DS era, Nintendo. Because the games were so cheap and the install base was so big that everyone wanted to be on it. Uh-huh. Like there's a Ninja Gaiden game on DS that you play it like you're holding a book and it's all touch control and it works great. And like Bioware is like, we're just going to do a Sonic the Hedgehog RPG. And I Rockstar is like, game. we're going to do a Grand Theft Auto game. <laughs> but because the hardware is so unique it's so hard to bring those games back. Like they did Mega Man ZX and ZX Advent on the Zero Collection. And like they have to just kind of split the screen in weird ways. And it's not as it, they did their best, but it's very clumsy. And that's the same thing like with Mario Galaxy on the 3D All-Stars, where like, I don't know how you play that on a Switch Lite. Like it, it's, <laughs> it must be impossible. Or like you just must have to smudge the screen with your hands. Yeah. Just trying to collect star bit. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And I think that that's the, what I've heard is that's why Mario Galaxy 2 isn't in that collection is because Yoshi just added an extra layer of complication that just is crazy for a handheld for Switch. I'm sure you can do button mapping and figure it out. But they didn't, they didn't want his to tongue, I think his tongue was was the pointer on the Wii, I think. Well, this game is cheap, by the way, on eBay. If you wanted yeah. a copy of it, it's like 20 bucks. Yeah. So that's not that bad. Okay. No, it was it was pretty cheap when I bought it in 2017. So yeah, it's it's it, this one reasonably people haven't figured out that this is buried treasure yet. But get on it before all of Mike's fans buy it all. Oh, but if you want the PS3 version, that's like 70 bucks. So that's not cheap. But not advocating for piracy, but nobody from Beanox will get your money if you buy it that way. So. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> my my whole thing. I mean, when it comes to pirate, when it comes to emulation, if a game like this is a licensed game that will probably more than likely never be released and you can't like yeah can't it's different i have a different thing when it comes to if stuff i can that, give the devs money and that's pretty much my line yeah you know by ebay you're not giving anybody money. <laughs> just a guy that 
had a copy. Phoenix probably never got that much money when they made it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and no. that's what people were hoping. And I mean, it's pie in the sky thinking that way. If the Microsoft Activision deal actually goes through, then then they'll actually start like digging through some of this. But I mean, it it's, it's it's more tangly because it's like, OK, well, Sony's in bed with Marvel for Spider-Man. So are they then going to strike another deal with Microsoft to say can like re-release like I would love it if Shattered Dimensions and Edge of Time and Spider-Man PS1 just shows up on Game Pass. That would be incredible. Not my job, you know, I'd be, I'd be like Thanos. I can just like rest after this. Who needs comic book video games anymore? <laughs> but I mean, the licensing and who has those codes and everything like that. Then yeah. vocal performances. I don't know if you have to like relicense that or if you're paid. You do. Once. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to happen. I mean, that's that's why like a game like this that I feel like people should really experience. If you like Metroidvanias, like this is a game that you really should play, in my opinion. I mean, it's simple. Uh-huh. And I had an amazing time in this little game. Like, and so many people won't ever experience it because it's locked in the DS and it's never getting re-released. The one thing I know you didn't have an amazing time with was the tacked on touchscreen stuff. <laughs> oh, God, we haven't talked about that yet. That was the one bad thing, in my opinion about this game i agree especially when it comes to backtracking because even if you go into a world and you're like ah crap i didn't mean to go back here you have to go back and do it again yeah right so there yeah it's it's uh it's in order to to warp between the three different timelines you have to do this touchscreen challenge where it's it's you know it's just poking at things trying to attack your thing in the middle but it's (laughs) very very sensitive that like you also have to make sure that it's spinning and if it slows down it immediately depletes and it takes like I would say at least like one and a half to two minutes to fully charge up and you can lose all your progress like really quickly. Even if nothing hits you, if you just like don't if you let it, it stop. Yeah. But also touching it might slow it down because, you you know, you're trying to make it spin. Yes. Things I've discovered. Very. It's the one bad thing about a very good little game. And I get why it's there. So I can't argue with it. I can't be like, well. I'm sure that at the time it was kind of mandatory you had something to do with the DS. It's still like 09, 2010. It seems late, as Blair had said. It's like, that seems late to just be like, just give them a Metroidvania. You don't need to put touchscreen stuff on here. Yeah, as they were starting to, because someone on Twitter the other day brought up, oh, how much in Bison dollars, I think, perhaps. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> it's among my favorite Twitter accounts where they calculate everything in Bison dollars from the Street Fighter movie. That they didn't know there was a DS version of Diddy Kong Racing. And it's Uh such a huge bummer because I love that game. And that game is filled with touchscreen nonsense. Like you have to blow into the microphone to spin the propellers of the hovercraft to get a boost. And they took out the silver coin challenges for these games where you're like flying on a magic carpet. You have to tap stuff. It's you have a perfectly good game. All you had to do was like take out Banjo and Conquer because you don't own those anymore and put new characters in it and call it a day. Uh And that was like early DS but then as the years went on, it was like, OK, well, there are touch games, but then there's also things where it's just like, yeah, the touch screen is just a map and it's fine that it's just a map. And for this to be like, yeah, in 2010, because even Wii games were moving away from like motion control. So many games are just like, yeah. you know, and just plug in a GameCube controller. You want to play Goldeneye with a GameCube controller? Fine. Go do that. Yeah. So it's very weird. And it doesn't like innovate or like change, you know, like as the game goes on, there's not like new things to like click on. In the touchscreen thing, it's the exact same thing every time. And so it really discouraged backtracking because, like, I got one point and I'm like, I could go back and get that Spider Man glide, but I'm not doing that spinny challenge ever again. Because I did spend literally 30 minutes one night and taught my my four year old some choice words. 
she's not using <laughs> so um and then, sure I, I and then i was just like wait a second i have safe states here why am i well one i think i texted y'all and i'm like am i doing this wrong and y'all were like no and so then that's when i finally just like safe stated and was able to get through that it's the only time i use safe states in the entire game was to get through this little you challenge which any other thing like if you're going to inverted castles in castlevania light world dark world it's just a button press so i thought it was a bit much yeah, yeah, you don't really need to... Like, I didn't use save space much in this game other than those stupid things I did just because I didn't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But that was more of that's a personal thing where they were just pissing me off, and I'm like, well... Because I would do... I mean, yeah, and then there's... I was just trying to beat the game. But, no, I mean, you don't need to. On, on easy and, and the difficulty I played on, you didn't really need that, which was nice. Yeah. I the, the only other things I really don't love about the game, as we talked about the combat, I talked a little about how the world seems a little big, is I don't get a very good sense of place... For it, which I like in my Metroidvanias, like the villains, I feel like every time I retraverse the same area, change. Like they're not the same enemies because I'm like used to when I'm like, oh, this is the polar bear room. This is the room with the the things that fly from the sky in Metroid. And then usually about halfway through the level, they change. But like every time I went through the, these same areas, like the enemies change. So I never got a sense like, oh, I'm in that room and everything kind of looked the same. So I didn't ever feel like I'm going through, you know. The, the clockwork room or I'm going through this. It just all felt like factories and warehouses to me. So I didn't like that part of the game. But that's a minor quibble. Okay. Yeah, I don't have any quibbles actually, other than the stupid, other yeah, than the one thing. I, have no I, I get that. But then I also, what I was thinking about, because you're bringing up the Metroid Dread episode and fighting is that, like in Metroid Dread, it felt like every minor enemy is like a challenge I have to parry. And in this, I just love being able to ignore most of them. Right. So just like, eh, I don't want to deal with this guy right now. I'm just going to like swing by and I just love you can swing by and it like does damage. So it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm like hitting these guys and yeah, I'm just going to run on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I had no problem with it. All right. That's anything else you guys want to say before we go to shelf stacker box? No, I think that's pretty much it. I, I enjoy yeah. it, though. Oh, oh, and it does have a spider ball. I remember thinking like, oh, this is very much like Metroid 2 for game. <laughs> it have a spider ball, but you are kind of crawling on the ceilings and stuff and like doing challenge. I'm like, yeah, I very much feel like a Metroid here right now. Yeah, so you unlock it midway yeah. through. All right. And that'll bring us to shelf stacker box. And I'm going to edit it out. My audio sounds fine, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. My thing pops up and said, do you want to connect your controller? I'm like, no. So I just want to make sure. Okay. <laughs> That's all be edited out. All right, and I'll go first. So I'm a big fan of Metrovania, as I said on as I said on the show many times. Like I, I enjoyed. It. I mean, this is a simple Metrovania. It's not a big game. It's not super complicated. But it was fun. It was a fun little 3D. You know, not 3. It was a fun little DS game that you know I've never something I never played before that kept me interested. It gave me the Metrovania vibe, and it didn't piss me off. Alien Isolation, and it was <laughs> not Isolation. Alien. God, what the fuck is that called? Infestation. Yes, we did an episode on it a long fucking time ago. With a different cast, but yes. I mean, it was just, it's a really good little Metroidvania game, and I, I had a great time. You can beat it in a day. It's going on the shelf, and I'm so happy I finally got to experience it. So, uh, what about you, Vincent? Uh, I'm going to stack it. Uh, I didn't love it. I thought it was it was a good Spider-Man 2D platformer. I, I think my sense of place issues kind of still are there. I'm like, I don't really like just, I, I, I don't feel like I'm going, you know, from different area to different area, backtracking that much. And that may have been because I didn't do the map right. But it is a dramatic improvement over my first Spider-Man game, the Game Boy 1, which had web depletion. You could run out of web, and I never was able to beat the first level of the game ever until I got a Game Genie. So this is definitely the best Spider-Man portable game I've ever played. Okay. But I'll stack it. Okay. And what about you, Blair? I'm going to put this on the shelf. I don't think it's perfect. 
but I think that comes down to the time and the budget because when this game came out, it probably wasn't any more than twenty nine ninety nine. That's and this is in Canada because that's what DS software was selling for. But what they accomplished with very little is great, and they could have just you know did an action side scrolling game like a lot of Grip Night titles. But the fact that they you know tried the Metroid thing with Web of Shadows and kind of looked at the faults and then fixed it for this one. It's like I just wish that more people could play it or that someone would maybe even try to do it again as like a smaller title or something. Mm-hmm. OK, yeah, I, I've always been interested in like the idea of Metroidvania games because there's a or like specifically of superheroes. because I think there's Batman Arkham Asylum Blackgate. <laughs> yes, which, Arkham Origins Blackgate. Yeah, yeah, which was I don't think is good, but I think it's it was not. marketed to me. It's like it's from people who made Metroid Prime making an Arkham game, but for. And I don't think it's fully 2D. And I'm it's like, okay, that sounds... Yeah, because yeah. Asylum's kind of like a Metroidvania. I'm like, that sounds great. Let's do this, 100%. This sounds like absolutely something I'd be interested in. And then I heard that wasn't good, and I'm like... Oh. It's it's okay. It's worth a play. It's on PS. It's on PS Vita, 3DS, PC. It's on oh, everything. It's, it's worth Day. a play. Yeah, yeah, They did a deluxe version for consoles. That was in the early days of the 3DS. Like, I don't think the software was selling what they thought, so you saw a lot of, like, Lords of Shadow, Mirror Fate came to consoles, right. and mm-hmm. Arkham Origins, Blackgate came to consoles, Resident Evil Revelations, stuff like that. It, yeah. It's definitely worth a playthrough. I mean, we did it for the show, me, Blair, and Kenneth. It's not a great game, but it's definitely worth playing. Yeah. So, so Blair, where where do you feel this one falls on all the DS Spider-Man games? On the DS, it's I would say it's the best. I really like Spider-Man 3. I mean, that's kind of a 2D open-world game, and oh. it's... A little like it's it's weird. It's interesting how it controls because it's like it's 2D. But as you kind of swing around, there's kind of like some perspective switching and like New York is kind of broken up into zones. And the only like you use the D pad, use Spider-Man. If you're left, if you're right handed, use the face buttons if you're left handed and everything else is done like combat uh, is done with a touch screen. Ultimate Spider-Man is pretty good. I don't really like Spider-Man 2 or friend or foe or edge of <laughs> <Friend> time or <laughs> amazing spider-man on the ds the less the better that was just way too that didn't need to happen oh <laughs> wow in like 2012 the garfield movie yeah it's it's oh, from wow. the people who made edge of time it's very it's like an hour and a half or like an oh. hour it's really short okay hey, that could be a perfect mini episode Eh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> I like Amazing Spider-Man a lot. The, the, I like to get the game. I think is pretty good for the console version is good. The 3DS version is pretty cool because it's like it's like levels, but they're still in 3D. So uh, the, the Spider-Man 2 version, is that game all played with a touchscreen from what I'm seeing? Spider-Man 3 is Spider-Man 2 isn't like you can switch between moves. OK, but it's mostly just like a clumsy 2D game. Actually, fun fact. Brian Intar, who was a creative director on Marvel Spider-Man, reviewed that game for EGM and gave it like a four out of ten. <laughs> uh, he was not kind. Okay. So I guess he got to put his money where his mouth is. <laughs> yeah, because I kind of want to play more. I'm trying to play more DS games. There's so many DS games I missed because I didn't have it. I had a DS, but I really didn't do anything mm-hmm. with it because of the timing of my life, and I just didn't have money. And and I've never never got around to it yet so i'm trying to fix that and play more when, when the opportunity th- presents itself i have three words for you elite beat agents oh i i don't like rhythm stuff that's music i sound I, come on oh it's so good i played it before actually i just i don't like it i might have to play this ultimate spider-man game though for ds now is it any is it i like ultimate spider-man 
because like the way because spider-man controls kind of like with the face buttons with venom like you kind of use like his tentacles and things with a touch screen oh cool uh, and it works shockingly well okay you guys might get a a message <laughs> at some point about that <laughs> okay and if you want to hear us talk about more Spider-Man, we have not done enough Spider-Man on the show, by the way. I'm realizing whenever I look it up and go, man, there's only six episodes. We did Amazing Spider-Man, film 34, Spider-Man Far From Home, MCU film 23, Spider-Man 2000, Blair's first episode, uh, episode 131, Spider-Man Homecoming, MCU film 16, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, film 9, and Spider-Man episode 26, when we cover the Genesis game. Okay. So, God, that's not enough. That is not a lot of Spider-Man games in my opinion, for or Spider-Man stuff in general, you think I would have done in the show. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, Blair, where can people find you at? You can find me at comicbookvideogames.com, where you can read my review of Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions on the DS. Uh, you can also read my book, The Web of Spider-Man Games, The Amazing and the Not-So-Spectacular, <laughs> the new Turbo Edition, which awesome. is available on the Amazon Kindle platform. And, like Mike said at the top, if you search for Buried Treasure... Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions DS, you'll probably get my video for the Electric Playground. And while you're there, go watch uh, all the other Electric Playground content, because it's great. <laughs> and Vincent? Uh, yeah, you can uh, find me on the Some of My Friends Read Comics podcast. Uh, we are a comic book book club. We cover um, a monumental or interesting comic every other week. Uh, recently, we did Super Mario Manga, um, which is an interesting, weird read. It has content warnings from the author in it. It's, it's <laughs> insane. I highly recommend that. And actually, I, I'm going to I'm going to also plug Blair's book, The Avengers and Video Games, because I remember it's really, really good. I had a YouTube series called That Was the Game. And I always had a dream. I'm like, well, I should cover like all the Marvel games. I should do that. Or maybe I should do, you know, like just maybe Marvel phase one. Like, But, you know, that might be covered. Um, so maybe I'll do the DS games because that's interesting. Not many people on the Internet have done that. And then I found and so I'm doing research and I found Blair's book. This Blair is before. <laughs> and, and I was like. And you went like deep on like this Marvel superhero squad. And you're like, the DS version has Thanos on the cover, but he's not in the game. And I'm like, man, this dude went way deeper than I ever did. So, <laughs> well, it's quite the book. We brought up Thor earlier on the DS. And I actually, I got to speak to someone who made Thor on the DS because I love that game. Mm -hmm. And then he mentions something I didn't even know. He's like, if you do this certain code, it's in the book. And I also did an article about it for Polygon where you can play as frog thor really yeah i i can't remember the code it, it's it's in the interview i got to do with him but he was like I, he was like yeah this is something that no one knows about and i was like oh <laughs> tell me more <laughs> <laughs> okay damn it i want to play that too for a mini fucking a. too much plans too many plans <laughs> all right and if you enjoyed this episode you can go find over 400 other episodes of the show that we have done we do movies comics video games tv season go check out our giant catalog of stuff i also want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of helena at hell has free you can follow her on tiktok also if you enjoy the show we do have a patreon who can support the show we do have a, a patreon poll every month you can help support us and if you give us you give me more money i will promote your item podcast youtube product whatever you do so definitely go check that out. And we have a Discord if you want to talk with us. You can join our Discord and chat with us. And want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker. There's his own podcast at Gamer Looks at 40. So definitely go talk with him and look at his, listen to his show. It's very well done. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.